Hello. Welcome. Emerald Gamescast, episode 67. My name's Nolan. With me is... <laughs> I'm Janelle. Why did you sound so serious? I just cut some words out. And okay. But the, the, the idea was uh, to cut words out for fun, but it ended up sounding kind of intense in on accident. It sounded really intense. Yeah. It sounded like I was starting... I don't, I don't know what. I don't know if I like it, but... It, here we are. Here we are. Who else is here? I am I am Alexander. Uh, well, now you're adding to the serious atmosphere by, by putting on those extra syllables. This is business. You're making it too formal. This is my full formal name. You made it name. too formal. Yeah. He showed up to the meeting. You All right, let me, let, me, let me do a little... That's a rewind sound, by the way. I'll say... Hello and welcome to Emerald Gamescast episode 67. My name is Nolan with me is Janelle and also Alex. <laughs> okay, that's better. All right. Oh, now Ready? I feel chilled out. Now I'm set. Yeah, I feel yeah, so chilled Yeah, right? You feel that? All right, 7-4-2021. That's the date. We're here back uh, for another week of news and stuff. But how are you guys doing? Still hot. Doing Still hot? Good. A lot less hot, though. Yeah, that's true. It was it was absolutely scorching last time, and we had to turn our fan off to record and uh, I don't know about you, Alex. I don't know what it's like down there in Oregon, but we were drenched up here when that hour was over. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's been spicy. <laughs> it's been it's been manageable, but it's been spicy, right? It wasn't quite the hundred and fifteen that it reached at one point. Yeah, listeners, you're you're mostly down there in Eugene, probably still. Um, I assume it was bad there. I think that the bulk of our listeners are in the Portland metropolitan region, actually. I think so. You're, you're, you're still doing. So. You're all still doing the formal thing. You, we all keep drifting back into business mode, Portland metropolitan area. That was just a thing I said. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. You know what I'm not. You know what I'm feeling pretty serious about. Yeah. So today I went to IKEA for the first time, and I didn't even get any meatballs. I've always wanted to go to an IKEA. I've never ended up going. It was. It was. Nolan was like, wait, you've never been here before? You talk about this place like it's perfect. And so do Christians with Heaven. I gotta be honest. (laughs) And it was, by the way. It was amazing. I had this idea in my head that at Ikea, that it wasn't a cafeteria, but that it would be like Costco. I I thought that I would be um, given meatballs i didn't know that the idea was that i was gonna have to pay for them you thought that what reality do you not have to pay for food when you go to when you go to costco and they give you free food to like give you samples i don't know to be america nolan to be fair with my ikea family 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 membership family membership i get a free coffee every time i go didn't do that today but it's not that uncommon of a business strategy, right? To like inundate people with a little bit of friendliness to try and get them to uh, go through your furniture shop with with an eye for purchasing. Yeah, but Costco just is like maybe the only would... place in America that does that, right? Like, yeah, that, Trader that... Joe's does samples, I think. Oh, okay, Trader Joe's does give you free cheese. And you have to and pay stuff. a membership and... for Costco. That's like an exclusive club. See, I'm, I'm not true. saying that they would be making meatballs for the purpose of giving them away for free. I, I mean, I know that at Ikea you can buy, like, crackers and stuff like that that is just sort of on the shelves occasionally. I, I thought that Ikea would sell Swedish foods. I just thought that also they would sample the meatballs. You know what I mean? I okay. thought it would be like when you go in Trader Joe's and they have the person handing out the free cheese and stuff. I just expected that from IKEA for you thought for no like, real reason. I don't know why. Here's a meatball you yes, can buy yes, more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, you they have a little it. tiny ram- paper ramekin with a toothpick meatball. Yeah. Nolan made a good point while we were there because that whole place is set up like fucking like a museum or something, and a bunch of like the kids areas have like an Xbox controller on the desk to make it look like a little gamer lives there or something. And Nolan brought this up. How many people do you think just steal that kind of shit from IKEA? Like, they buy clothes from Target to hang up in the closets there, or, like, video game controllers. Like, how many people are just stealing those? I feel like the probably. same amount of people that are stealing anything else, right? Like, but probably not I a huge can... amount. I don't know. I don't have that much faith in people. And that's why I'm upset and not surprised by our first story today. Wow. <laughs> Segway. Segway queen, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got some news. Um, if you listened to our E3 episode, you might remember we talked about Bethesda presenting at the Xbox conference and um, how, though we did not see Elder Scrolls Six, we did see a pre-rendered trailer for Starfield. 
um, and an announcement of a kind of general release window for Starfield. That caused some speculation that the Elder Scrolls Six, which of course is their other big game that everyone is waiting for, might be coming out after Starfield. Um, pretty much confirmed. Uh, Todd Howard said in an interview recently that Elder Scrolls Six could be considered to still be in the design phase. So... Why would they show it at PAX 20... Not PAX? Oops. E3 2017? 18? Whenever You want to know why, Janelle? Uh, because of people like me who really want to see it? No, no, no. It's, it's because of uh, Fallout 76. Like, this was them trying to save face after they made a, a game that failed on oh, almost yeah. every front, right? Yeah. Like, that's that the only reason sense. I think we saw it so early. Because Bethesda doesn't like to show games very early very often. Like, we knew about Fallout 4, like, a couple of months before it came out. And that's a they, bonkers thing to think about. Yeah, the countdown led up to the to the conference, and then they were like, in October, that game is coming out. So, yeah, it's true. I just, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I mean, granted, I don't know what it takes to make video games <laughs> or make, like, new engines specifically. But, like, what have they been doing for 10 years? Because now it's been 10 years. What have they been up to over well, game, there other than... G- g- games of that scale... I don't think it's that wild, because games of that scale take a really long but time to they've create. they've been making these gigantic games for years and doing it every, like, three or four years or but so. But they're doing it on a brand new engine, so the yeah. development time would have to include creating a new engine. Um, it would probably have to include a lot of things. But But that being said... Games that take a long time to make typically are in the polish phase after close to a decade. They're not yeah. in the design phase. So it makes me wonder um, if maybe Elder Scrolls Six is is something that has been sort of, you know, always being talked about since 2011, but, but not necessarily something that was in active development. I'm sure people at Bethesda have always been considering what kind of concepts they might want to use in the next Elder Scrolls and talking about it. But how much of the team was devoted to actively working on it versus devoted to working on Fallout 76, working on Starfield, working on Creation Engine 2, which is probably a huge undertaking. That does... That makes sense. But, like, I don't know. I, I Skyrim is one of the most successful games of all time. I'm just... Surprise, I guess, that they yeah. weren't immediately like, let's get people making the next one. You know, I agree. I, I think the other thing with Bethesda is that um, they're obviously not quite in a Valve situation where their income is, is mostly passive. But Bethesda Publishing has had an amazing decade of um, critically acclaimed games that are getting continuous sequels. And even without Bethesda Game Studios actually releasing a product... They are still getting a, a lot of, of stuff out there um, and, and filling up their coffers with these publishing deals. And so I I feel like once you kind of get on the apex of the business in, in the game world, you can really afford to sort of sit on your stuff and make it whenever the fuck you want it. Not saying it's a good thing that that, that, that is what companies do, but I feel like the only companies that can financially and what not get away with doing that are the companies that are in charge of like publishing conglomerates. That makes sense. But I guess now they're owned by Microsoft. So that, that could be very different now. This is pure speculation here. There is no reason for me to think this other than I do. Do you guys think maybe just maybe there was more elder scrolls six than there is now. And then Microsoft bought them and they scrapped it. I don't think Microsoft I don't see any do reason that. why they no. would, yeah. Because it, I mean, I because maybe, they keep making pretty bad games over and over again. I, I think what it, what what is far more likely is that the Elder Scrolls Six, if it were being made close to the release of Skyrim, which even if it were not in active development, it was probably in concepting. If I had to guess, what's more likely is that it was being created for the game Bryo or Creation Engine, and that at some point the decision was made to make the creation engine too, and it is possible that that would necessitate mm. some reworking or even restarting yeah. on um, Elder Scrolls Six if any work was done in the previous engine, which See, is here's... not unprecedented. That's that's definitely happened, and especially with with uh, with video game engines, like you're basically 
creating a house of cards that is only stable in your specific exact environment. You can't just, like, port a game into a new engine without fucking up a lot of how it functions. I think my theory, my crackpot theory is, I think this is, again, all roads lead to 76. I think when 76 came out, they were like, we cannot fuck up Elder Scrolls 6. We cannot mess up another one of our most beloved IPs. And so they decided to start the new thing first and kind of get a flow with that, see how the new engine works, iron out all the kinks, and then they move on to the stuff that's going to make them a billion dollars and all the, the gamer love in the world, right? Yeah, and it's also yeah. probably a mix of Tricks. all of these explanations yeah. in, in some way or another, you know? You know what's really fucked up to think about? Who's that? I was 15 years old when Skyrim came out. I think I'll be 30 when the next one comes out. I'm 25 right now. Maybe. Fuck. Like... If they're only planning it right now, I think it'll be 15 years. And I think I'll be 30. Ew. <laughs> you might not be far off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is weird to think about. And now I'm having a moment. So someone should move on to the next thing because I'm freaking the fuck out well, in my corner over here. If you go to the um, Telegraph article that this interview is sourced from, unfortunately, I can't read it because I'm not subscribed to Telegraph, but I can see the headline oh, where it says... Um, no, never mind. Hold on. I read it wrong. I was going to say that the headline implied that Todd Howard pitched Elder Scrolls 6 back in uh, 2009. But let me tell you, this is an example of some bad reporting because the headline is actually about an Indiana Jones game, apparently. So Yeah, the Indiana Jones game that they've been working on, yeah. Yes, so ag- yeah. ignore ignore what I just said there. But I'm, I'm sure they were already considering it even back then because Skyrim had probably already been in development for multiple years at that point, yeah. too. Because Oblivion was 2005, is that right? Mm, six. So they'd been making Skyrim probably since that time, honestly. Yeah. So when do you, you, you think you won't see it for five, six years, really? Five more years? Yeah, I do think so. You mm. think that'll add up to be on current gen consoles, as in the PS5 uh, and the Xbox series? And uh Hard to say. Them. Or, oh wait, and it won't a- be on the, on the PS5, it'll be in the Xbox oh, series. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you think it'll be on current gen consoles, or you think it'll make it over to the next gen? I think it'll be like how The Last of Us Two came out, like mm, right before mm. the new consoles, and was like the last tipping point for how much the consoles could do. It's one song, sure, sure. Yeah. and then they can sell it again on the new consoles at a yep. slightly higher resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, check in with us in five years, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe it won't be like that, but it will be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll be cross-gen at the same time. Maybe it won't be higher resolution. Who can say? Do you think they'll? Do you think it'll still look like shit? And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I think it's a charming aspect of the Bethesda games. They kind of look shitty. Not like the the scenery is always gorgeous, but like the people and the objects always look kind of weird. You know, it's funny you say that because I feel like the Elder Scrolls games are a really good example of how much an art style can can carry presentation. Yeah. The art direction. I shouldn't even say an art style because the games don't... The games have consistent and, and, and well-drawn styles, but the, the style in of itself is not flashy or, or really um, designed to be something that stands out, but it's designed with an incredible degree of consistency and the way the world is put together in terms of sight lines and, and vistas and sort of the memorable routes you take through areas creates such a sense of, of, of place that like the bad graphics are completely made up for by yeah, I how agree. beautiful the places end up being while at the same time not being a game that people remember for quote unquote style like you would an Okami or a Wind Waker or something like that. Of course. Yeah. It's just good direction, you know? And that was sort of the I guess one of the problems with, with Oblivion too, is Oblivion had these procedural fields that ruined all of that. And potato heads. But to answer your question, what you asked, so I, I, I hope so. I, I hope they so. still have weird-looking people that stop and stand still and turn towards you when they talk. What if they bring I back hope. Radiant AI? I, I mean, Radiant AI doesn't... I don't even, I'm not even convinced it's a real thing yet. So that's probably not, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I just hope that they only hire eight voice actors. Yeah, that, game that's important. was absolutely gorgeous. Hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah, baby. It was a beautiful oh. video beautiful, game. Yeah. Beautiful God. video game. Um, and, of course, that was because it was created by Rockstar Games, 
which is, you know, an old established studio with boatloads of money. But the uh, the co-founder and one of the writers of Grand Theft Auto and one of the Hauser brothers, the co-founders of the studio, Dan Hauser, is uh, no longer a rock star. And I'll tell you, I'm real curious about this story. The guy has founded a new video game studio called Absurd Ventures. And I'm really curious because obviously Dan Hauser is a very, very good writer. Obviously, he is a pretty good game designer, with, along with his brother. Um, but uh, do you think that without that Rockstar money, and without that cachet, and without several hundred developers, that he would even be able to replicate his own style? Maybe not immediately. That's what I want to know. Like, what... Part of Rockstar's... Um, Rockstar's calling card is is polish and, like, layers of hidden detail. I don't really know if you can do that with an, with an indie startup. So, Obviously, he's a, he's, he's, he's a multi-millionaire, so he's not going to be lacking for cash, but it won't be quite the same. So I'm really right, curious. Right. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Dan was the lead writer of the Red Deads. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the other I, one did mostly... Like, they both worked together, but the other one... I, I believe so, yeah. Someone feel free to uh, go back to that episode that we recorded announcing mm-hmm. that he was leaving and let us know. That was yeah, in 2020, yeah. so go find that. His, so, his, his brother, Sam Hauser, is still the president of Rockstar, by the way. Yeah, he didn't yeah. leave. But yeah. so if Dan is the one who is writing some of the best stories ever put on a video game machine, <laughs> I have faith that he'll do something interesting. Right. He was even the if it's smaller scale. Red Dead, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's smaller scale and not quite as you know, rich with detail and hopefully less laden with abuse. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that this man can write the way he can will will kind of carry whatever project he's working on. In theory, well, I could be totally wrong, but yeah, like it. It's not like he's going to come out the gate with some Red Dead sized game or anything like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like you're right because. Red Dead 2 was a beautiful game graphically, but part of what made Red Dead 2 work so well is just the details in the world building and writing that were sort of delivered to you when you would enter a town or go out into the woods or whatever. And you can do that on any budget. You can't do it quite to the same degree and, and you know, with the same quantity. But uh, some of the best stories in games are coming from indie games. Absolutely, yeah. So what do you think? Is, do you think he's gonna try to go for GTA's crown and make like a massive immersive like uh, world? I don't, I don't think he would go for GTA's crown. I, I think he would, you know, like this is this is totally just guessing. But um, if I were him, I wouldn't try to tackle the GTA throne because GTA, especially with what they have done with 5 and with online has leaned away from the serious drama that they introduced with 4 into the tone and leaned more into bombastic action and over-the-top comedic writing and wild caricatures in, in, their, in their world. But Dan seems like his preference is more of like the Red Dead 2 style of writing, at least when every time that he has been the head writer, with the exception of Bully, because Bully is is, is is pretty wacky. Bully's a nice middle ground, from what I remember, right? Bully, yeah, Bully is, like, less wacky than Grand Theft Auto, especially PS2-era Grand Theft Auto. You know it's still up there, but it was toned down compared to, like, San Andreas and Vice City. You know, the, the special edition of Bully came with a, a dodgeball. Really? Now games just have statues. I know. I don't want a fucking statue. I want that to come back. Yeah, but, give me you, practical you know what I mean? things. Like, if if I were him, too. I would be trying to cash in on my reputation as someone who can create these big dramatic um, stories with with lots of emotional resonance. I think I would go go for that if I were him. Totally. And like, I don't know. It's weird because he's not like an indie dev. No, he's not. no, no. no. He's, he's very clearly going to bring millions into the pump millions into the studio, right? So he's not he's not like he's not like software company rich, uh, but he's pretty freaking rich, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I guess he did own a software company. 
now that I think about it. That just, yeah, video games are software. Yeah. But he's not like Bill Gates or, or you know. Right, yeah. He's not He's rich. not the ultra rich, but he's still pretty no. ultra rich, right? Like, Damn, that guy can fund the game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's, maybe, what if he just made like a blue bled bloodemption three? Blue bled bloodemption <laughs> three. What's it about, Nolan? Um, it is like Cowboys versus Aliens. It's an adaptation of Cowboys versus Aliens, and but they also got the likeness to um, Daniel Craig to reprise his oh, role. That's interesting. It's the same character okay. and everything in the same story, including the weird like Pip Boy style thing that he puts on his arm. But they changed all the names, and they only got Daniel Craig. And that's it. I kind of thought that he would buy the rights to foster some for imaginary friends, and it would be about Blue, the bl- the blue one. Oh, gritty though. But gritty. Yeah. Yeah, I like yours more, I guess. But can we can we combine them and change Daniel Craig to be Blue instead? Like, yeah. not the color, not like the Blue Man Group, but I, Blue. I like blue. that, and I'm gonna go for it and let it let it cover my back because I I frankly don't know if it's actually accurate to say Daniel Craig was in Cowboys vs. Aliens, because I don't I don't really remember. Harrison Ford definitely I, was, I remember that. I, I sure think he was. Can I say yeah. on a more on a on a less jokey note that when Red Dead Redemption 2 was just a rumor, I actually thought that it would be really cool if they did the thing that Grand Theft Auto 5 did and had three protagonists. And I still want Rockstar to do this someday, but now they don't have the guy that wrote Red Dead, so I don't feel like they could really hit it quite as well. But I thought it would be so cool to have a Red Dead Redemption 2 with multiple protagonists where you could have, for example, one of them be like a Chinese railroad worker who gets laid off or something and has to go join a gang. One of them could be an Arthur Morgan-style outlaw, traditional cowboy and then, who knows? You could do all kinds of wild card stuff. You could play as like an escaped slave, or you could play as like a sheriff. I don't know. I just, just thought it would just be cool all if they had pursued Western that trope characters, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that would have been really interesting, and, you, and had them all interact. Do you think him being gone means that there will never be anything else in the Red Dead world? I mean, how do you top Red Dead Redemption two in terms of scale? Um, you make a really sick prequel. To the prequel. You don't, but I, if they're going to do a Red Dead Redemption 3, in my opinion, they need to never talk about Dutch's gang again, except oh. for referentially. They, they, they need it to no longer be about that story, because that is like a two-act story to me. And, and, and the redemption in the title, to me, yeah, it's about Arthur and Red Dead Redemption 2, but even in 2, it's kind of still about John. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the whole story is John's story, even in Red Dead Redemption Two. I still think, and I feel like be, it's over. I still think there could be a cool Hosea game, but like Hosea and Dutch, like a game about Hosea and Dutch, like that would be cool. What about DLC, but what would you I do with it? Because there, we we okay, like we know that Hosea and Dutch's character arc reaches its most interesting points in RDR One and Two, respectively, in a pretty like. In a pretty conclusive way. And I feel like if you're going to do a story about them being cool gang people when they are young, then you can never do the necessary story thing where you have them confront their actions because you know they don't do that for like three more decades. I So I don't even know what you would write. I simultaneously agree with you and also remember how hesitant I was about The Last of Us 2 needing to exist. That's a continuation, though. It's, it's sort of hard to take characters and set a story before they have their growth moments, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. You sure. could showcase a fall from grace, maybe. Like, if there's anyone that you could do that with, I feel like Dutch would be a very fun character to... But Dutch... Dutch but but Red Dead Redemption 2 is Dutch's is fall that. from grace. Yeah. That, that's what also that story was, is. But he also maybe was never... He never really was grace right like they kind of yeah, touch on also that. like two and one do that so much that i just don't know what you could do with a dutch game anymore sure sure because this, the the whole character arc of him is is laid out in two separate long games so hauser or not probably no red dead three no I, I think they should do it it just it just shouldn't be about them it should be different cowboys well here's my know? question could do be you about think john's son do you think Jack. we'll ever get anything that is not a Grand Theft Auto game? Because none of those make as much money as Grand Theft Auto does. 
Oh man, I hope so, man. I, I but like, if you were gonna divest, you know, a hundred plus million dollars in a new game at Rockstar, why would you not do GTA Six, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like you should just do that every time because you're gonna guarantee. You can sell no. microtransactions and make a billion dollars. Yeah, it's fine. Janelle, since, since you mentioned that, before we move on to the next topic, I actually love the idea of a Jack Marston game, but I, that's I, you're you're broaching the area of it not being a cowboy game. Yeah. That's true. You're, that you're, you're going to talk like 1930s, like late prohibition gangster mafia story, then you could put Jack in there, but then you have to like really, really stretch plausibility because he has to like move to a city... And he has to, like, get involved in a gang that he didn't grow up in and all kind of, like... Yo, yo, yo. There's just yo, so yo, much stuff, yo. you know? Turn it into a mafia game. <laughs> yeah, but, like, oh, what mafia, though? Like, like the Texas mafia? You know, he's not going to go to, like, Chicago. I guess Why he not? Go. If Here's he goes to Chicago, hear me out. If okay. he goes to Chicago, he's not Italian. So how's he going to get ingratiated with them, you know? And, and you couldn't have, like, a dominant... He could be, like, a street gang guy that isn't part of the mafia, and the mafia could be, like, an antagonist presence. That could be kind of cool. I guess cool. Yeah. all in, I can say... Oh, sorry, Alex, you go first. And I was just going to say, in both of those games, they keep saying, the repeated theme that every character brings up as often as they can is the West is dying. And yeah. at one, you can't keep doing that. At one point, you've got to either be, like... They could put him in the new setting. Like, I, I, yeah, Janelle, like, you bring up a good thing. Like, you could do a lot with Jack. It just... It, it sort of, like, I guess what I'm getting at is it becomes the Star oh, Wars problem, on, where it's like, on, why on. is everything in this world about the Skywalkers? Sequel, <laughs> yeah. sequel to Red Dead, but prequel to Grand Theft Auto. Ah, there you go. But no, um, more seriously, on to the thing you guys were saying about, like, why not just release more GTA? I think one thing that's really easy to forget, and maybe it's naive for me to say this, but I refuse to be as negative about this as the two of you, is that nobody starts making video games solely for the purpose of only making money. Like, these are still creative people doing yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. things. So, like, I don't think that necessarily only releasing, like, GTAs is the answer just because that's, like, the money answer, I, I guess. I think the reason that that argument comes up, though, is because, like, Sam Hauser is still the president of Rockstar, but if he is going to gear up the budget for a new game, he has to have a meeting with 2K, and they got to talk to an executive there, and he still needs to have a publisher you know that, approve it, and they still have to do a hiring wave and everything. And you know how that meeting is going to go? 2K is going to ask them, how many billions of dollars will you make? And then Rockstar will say a <laughs> lot, and they'll say, do what you got to do. Just get us the money, right? That's all they care yeah. about. Yeah, but also you're right, Janelle, too. Like, Sam Hauser has enough sway that maybe if he wanted to... I don't know, man. Make, yeah. like, a medieval game. He could probably just get away with it. I, I have faith sick. that he'll do something cool, yeah. yeah. Well, let's say, like, because because we're, we're, we're here, what setting would you want a Red Dead 2 level of polish gone into? Because that, that's what I wanted Ghost of Tsushima to be like. Obviously, unrealistic expectation. It's not that I didn't like that game because it wasn't, like, playing a Red Dead game. I was just sort of let down in general. But, like, dream game, like, what setting do you want to have that sort of fidelity like, in hmm. in a video game? Alex, do you have one? I need to think for a minute. Uh, maybe it's just because I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, but, like, a semi-realistic pirate game would be pretty oh, sick. yeah. Like, yeah. take, like, Black Flag-esque, like, you have your crew on your ship that you can drive around. Like, that would be really fun. Like, your camp and your home base is, like, yeah. the same thing. You could have some fascinating storytelling go on with, like, uh, rival ships and with stuff going on in the harbors and ports and yeah. smuggling and everything. You could you choose, like, on. if you want to be a privateer for the British or the French, and, like, the story could evolve depending on, like, which side you faction with, and then eventually they're like, uh, actually, you're illegal now. Just like mm -hmm. Red Dead, right? You could take that same mm -hmm. idea of, like, this era is dying, which I know you can only do so many times, but it is an interesting concept. Super interesting. Yeah. Um... I'm going to keep mine America-centric because I want to see all the other places in the world a lot, a lot of, you know, in detail. I said that's so weird. Sorry. I was starting to think before I could even talk. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that, like, right now what I would be into would probably be just, like, a super detailed East Coast in, like, the early to mid-1920s. I mean, yeah. like, 1900s, yeah. 1920s-ish, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's a really hard question. That would be cool. Yeah. I like that. 
Ooh, that's hard, though. Yeah. They, they, just, they'd kind of be competing for Mafia's throne, right? Like That's true. But, like, Mafia, at least, like, from what I've played of Mafia, you can't, like, go into all the places. You can't, like, do that part of it. I want to see that side of it. Like, I want... Mafia is interesting because it's basically a linear game with an open world setting. Yeah. But it's not, there's not, um, it's a game that does not include open world gameplay. Ooh, it just wait. includes an open world. I changed yeah. my mind. I changed my mind, and I'm taking back my former thing. Um, Kowloon City, Ooh, Hong Kong. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's mine. Sorry. Can you Alan. imagine like a game like that in third person? What a camera nightmare. That'd be crazy. What would you yeah. even do? Honestly, like a, like a police story style Hong Kong like martial arts type game. Like make another fucking uh, what was that game called? Sleeping Dogs. Just yes. do that. Just make your own Sleeping Dogs. That'd be sick as, as hell. Uh, as somebody who just watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, my answer is absolutely um, like fourth, fifth century Imperial Japan, uh, uh, China, but with that same style of martial arts film exaggeration, where you have these like beautiful villages built into the sides of mountains with waterfalls running through them with, like, long, winding staircases and these huge temples and stuff. Like, the sort of exaggerated um, Chinese martial art fantasy film aesthetic would be really cool to have a really high-budget game with a great melee combat system set in. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, so make another bad. Sleeping Dogs, right? Well, that's the, definitely a different aesthetic, but... Sure. Yes. Sure. But, but make but, another Sleeping Dogs. I would I would buy another sleeping dogs. Call it woken dogs. Awake Awake dogs. Awaken the dogs. Okay, we should be talking about our next story. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, you guys know about Konami? Heard about them? Heard about them? Uh, yeah, I heard Mm. a bit about them. You guys heard about Bloober Team? Um, I thought I hadn't, but it turns out I super have. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, tell me about Bloober Team, Nell. Um, what have they, they, they done you know of? Because I actually, I forgot what they have done off the um, top of my head. The two Four that games I'm for familiar sure. with are newer. They did the 2019 Blair Witch that we played right. a little bit of a yes. PAX that was fine. And um, the Medium, which we only played a little bit of, mm-hmm. but I was kind of thought it was super dorky. Did you, you guys know, ever play uh, Layers of Fear? No. Uh, no, but I know people like it a lot. I liked that game. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know about a lot personally, but I liked it. So, Bloober Team is known uh, for making horror games. I want to say back with Layers of Fear, they had a pretty sizable budget for an indie game. But I, I have always gotten the vibe that they were still, if not an indie studio, certainly kind of on the, the, uh, like the upper side. limit of an indie studio. Yeah. Kind, of, kind, kind of like a B studio, B game studio. And the medium also gave off that vibe for the record, despite that being, I think, their, their most recent big hit. Uh, Blair Witch definitely gives off that vibe. That game feels a little janky. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they could do with some money. So um, our story, you know, is about that. Konami has actually decided to partner with Bloober Team to uh, do some work together. Which, if you know that Konami made Silent Hill, you're probably, uh, if you're an astute little little smart little listener, you're probably immediately going to think, this oh, is I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they really want the Contra license, you know? Who, who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's and no, I, and there's I think no chance of anything. that would be fantastic anything. if they made a new Silent Hill. I think it'd be uh, wonderful. But I don't know that I, I don't think that Bloober Team, are, I don't think they're the ones, to be honest. I don't, th- Konami... They aren't the ones to do it, let yeah. alone Bloober Team. Are you kidding me? Hey, who this knows? They the could thing. make a fantastic game. It's no, possible. I'm sorry, but as a as a long time Silent Hill fan, I think a lot of people feel this way. Yeah, this is a common sentiment I've heard. They haven't made a good Silent Hill game in a long time, and that's probably not going to start now, um, especially with a team that is making kind of mediocre horror games already. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, you know what? I'm pretty bad at a lot of things, but sometimes I do some stuff pretty good. So maybe they would do really good with this. Maybe maybe they've been holding back. Maybe they've been like, I fucking want to make Silent Hill so bad, but I can't because my name's Bloober. Dumb name. Take that. <laughs> change that. First, change that. Second, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to give them everything I got. And then I'm going to make the best Silent Hill game of all time. You go and you like sit down with your game and you're like, I am so ready 
to just be terrified tonight, and then you launch the game, and <laughs> the word bloober comes up on your screen, know, and you're like, thing. oh, it's ruined. I'm not scared anymore. Well, they're like that's European. Maybe that's a scary word in parts of Europe, you know? Like, you better watch out, or the bloober will come into your windows. It's like a little, it's like a classic horror story they tell their children. You can't. It's like the Krampus. Is that insensitive? Um, the <laughs> accent, maybe? I don't know. Um, maybe blooper, we sh- maybe we shouldn't say blooper Mama, on the podcast. Mama, there's a blooper under my bed. <laughs> what even was that? You're right, bro, they all sound like that. Probably, I don't know. Um, yeah, for, for, maybe they do. Oh, God. Listen, not everyone in Europe sounds like that. Most people don't. Nobody, nobody in the fucking world sounds yeah, like no, that. Nobody we sounds like that. Pelt over our shoulder to keep away the bloober. It is an old superstition we have. So the the <laughs> the point is, I feel like Konami. You should just let <laughs> Team Silent. Fuck off, Alex! I'm so stupid. What? I'm just thinking about what he did. <laughs> just the entire so fucking. Dumb. I don't even know where in Europe they are. Uh, Poland. Um, okay, so maybe they maybe they, they this is the, the Polish thing. I don't know. I uh, continue, please, God, please. <laughs> I I think it's just a funny word that they like. To be honest with you, I think it's just a funny word. But um, Konami, I think you ought to just let Silent Hill rest. I mean, whoa, because you just wait, said wait. you had no faith. You guys just said they couldn't make a good Silent Hill game. Now you want them to make one? Yeah. But you said Konami <laughs> shouldn't make it. So who what should? do you want them to do? Who should, though? Well, who should? Oh, who should? Yeah. yeah. Hideo Kojima. So, that's what I'm saying. Hideo Kojima. Konami. I'm saying Konami either let Silent Hill rest or put it in somebody else's hands. Rehire. They don't need to have creative control over it They anymore, need to just rehire Team Silent. That's where it all went wrong. They need to get those boys but what, back. You have to remember, like, people, you can't just do that, though, because Team Silent in 2021 wouldn't even be the same people. And if it was, that's they would be... That's what I'm talking about, the original ones, Okay. I know that's a stupid. It'd be like look. trying to get like Bill Murray and everyone back together and be like, make Caddyshack too. <laughs> I don't know. Make it's it just like, as funny and, okay, and energetic. You know who also keeps fucking up their own IPs? Bethesda. Oh, true. Yeah. True, and I'm still like, oh, I can't wait for Fallout Five. Can't wait for Elder Scrolls Six. So wait, it's like, wait, it's like you don't have Bethesda faith in Konami, that but that you kind of really want one anyways. What? Two people talked. Sorry, yeah, no, you go ahead. I was saying, you don't have faith in Konami, but you still want to see a Silent Hill exist so that you can have one. Yes, and I'll be so excited and happy and later disappointed that when I see that come up during E3 2022, I puke. I'll puke. I'll be so happy I'll puke. And then later I'll be disappointed, but I still, I just need that rush first. You know what I mean? That that sounds like an alcoholic where they're like, oh, I'm going to get so wasted and for like an hour to 45 minutes, I'm going to have the best night of my life, but I'm going to be miserable for the next like 12 hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, I mean, at a certain maybe point, gonna... though, yeah, I what? feel like you should just let sleeping dogs lie, right? Like, Well, okay, well you were just talking about sleeping dogs, weren't you? Yeah, I was. That's different, though. That's different. Maybe it's totally just... not even the same. Maybe they want Metal Gear. Yeah, why not? Why not? Just, sure, just give it to it, them. Yeah. What about, what if they want Castlevania? Uh-huh. No, yeah, the Souls people should get Castlevania. Oh my god, I would oh, love a FromSoft yeah. Castlevania. Like, that Whoa. just, that works on almost every level, right? Like Yeah, C- Castlevania even has the same, uh, you know, for its era, br- pretty brutal difficulty. Exactly, yeah. right? Like, you got yeah. the same aesthetic, you got the same, like, philosophy of, like, keep going till you get good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, you know what, regardless of my disappointment, it would be nice to see Konami touching real video games again and not just, like, yeah. making pachinko machines. So. Sure. And they do seem to want to do. to do that. Like, they were going to have an E3 conference. So, like, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, I like a lot of Konami's IPs. It's it's definitely sad to see them go. I mean, that, that's, that's not really, you know, any new sentiments. I, I really think that they would be able to get back into it if they wanted to. Because they've, they've got the money. They've got the will. Uh, within within the fans, I mean, not necessarily themselves, but there is will. Like people would be interested in a new game in almost any one of their main franchises. Yeah. Um, they still have cachet, you know, despite how much they've driven themselves into the ground. Like there is something there left to be salvaged. So, 
And, and also, Bloober Team, I just looked them up to see if there was any games we missed that developed. I saw that they made Observer, which I've heard is a really, um, really quality cyberpunk game as well. So they've definitely had um, some games that have been a little bit less dorky than the medium felt. I know that Observer was um, a very well-liked, uh, quite quite self-serious game that didn't have that sort of like self-referential humor that the medium was trying to do. Which... Well, I think they were trying to be serious. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably true. The, yeah, the medium, I guess it was a bit of a, a missed execution that made yeah. it feel that way, wasn't it? I, I yeah. know we were just joking about Europe, but, like, how much of it do you think is, like, actually lost in translation? Because, like, different well, groups of people are going to have, like, more, different cultural standards. I wasn't joking about it, it's, Europe. It's not about the script. It's it's not the script. I mean, it's it's the... A lot of it is just the visual presentation. Um, the The medium was just, like, very very oversaturated and very kind of like cliche like the first time that you walk into this uh abandoned soviet workers leisure camp you know you're obviously you're gonna see a ghost but the first ghost you see is like a little girl who's like where's my mommy and daddy they've i haven't seen them in so long and and she's like in a little dress and she like twirls and laughs and you're just thinking, okay, yeah, it's the ghost. It's the ghost thing that's so cliche that we use that in parody movies to make fun of ghost stories. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So we'll see what they do. Hopefully, something cool. I'm looking forward to disappointment. I, I want this to be good for you, Janelle. I know how much this means <laughs> to you. So I, 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 I am hoping that Bloober Team is able to pull it off. Even well, if, if I have if no that's interest even in what playing they're gonna it. do. Yeah, yeah they yeah. might not be doing this. Maybe we're going to sound really Maybe stupid. it could be a new IP. Maybe they want to no, make but a then, whole new but, one. But, but then why would they get in touch with Konami? Uh, right? Who can say? Who can say? Like, we were, we were literally joking about it earlier. There is nothing... You can tell by every game that they have ever made that they want to make a Silent Hill game. Like, come on. Come on. Uh, Let's be reasonable here. Let's be real yeah. with ourselves. Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. That is the most Silent Hill game in the list, for sure. Speaking of Silent Hill, what's in the Wheel of Favors this week, Alex? Uh, let's pull that up. So we haven't done this in a while just because of timing. Um, and Because of what? COVID. You know, these unprecedented times. It's not safe to touch the same wheel. Yeah, we have to disinfect person. the wheel <laughs> every to time. Disinfect it. Um, let me pull up the random number generator really quick. So the idea is we have a list of things. Favorite X, favorite Y, favorite Z, favorite whatever. And I'm going to spin this uh, theoretical wheel, which is just a random number generator. And pull it back, pull back the curtain, and we'll figure out and just sort of talk about what our favorite thing is. And we got 47, which is favorite licensed game. So, as in, like, something that would not be a video game license. Like, this is a movie tie-in, or, like, a TV show tie-in, or, Mm. I don't know, maybe there's, like, an album tie-in. Something that does not come from video games, per se. Robots. The video game. Is that your favorite licensed game? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've been really wanting to try the um, Godfather game, though. I had that game growing up. Is that one good? Um... I mean, it's it's fun. It's got a lot of of really interesting open-world design because it came out, you know, little while after Grand Theft Auto 3 and San Andreas. Mm. So it got to ride their coattails and use a lot of good design that was pioneered by somebody else. Um, so it's like a very passable, decent mafia game. But the story is really weird because they, they wanted, instead of it being like a different story about the mafia at that time, you're you're actually playing a character who is joining the Corleone family during the story of Godfather 1. So like you're you're like in the periphery of the important scenes of the movie. Like you'll do a thing and then you'll come back and Michael will be like, like good job, buddy. I gotta go talk to the the Don. And then you'll see a cutscene that's like a recreation of like a important scene with Michael and the Don in the movie. Weird. But you're just like not part of it. It's a very weird way to tell a story. That is pretty yeah. strange. But then the Godfather game two, they throw you out in Miami. And ditch that concept, and it goes all Vice City, and you get a like nice white suit. That game's cool. Maybe that will be mine. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, you ask yeah. me this question again in a year, maybe it's that. But right now it's robots, because that game totally rocked. However, I also haven't seen it since around the release of the movie, or played it since the release of the movie Robots. So 
Maybe it's not that good, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, so I actually own that game. I got it at a garage sale, and I played it, and it is just, in almost every way, a worse Ratchet and Clank. That's fine with me. You know what's a good and interesting Ratchet and Clank, though? The Lilo and Stitch game that came out on PS2 was like, what if Ratchet and Clank was also like a... I don't even know what you would call it. Like, a lot faster paced and a lot more action-oriented. Like, because you have your little forearms and guns. It's a prequel to the movie, so Stitch is, like, hopping around on other planets with, uh, with Jumba, the big guy who, like, invented him. Mm-hmm. That game is is actually pretty damn good. It's, like, it's not terrific, but it's, like, interesting enough and does enough of its own stuff that it's, like, okay, I this, this could have a spot at the table in theory. I had that game on Game Boy Advance, and it was a uh, side-scrolling shooter. Yeah, it's a Metal Slug like Contra like, right? Yeah, and I don't remember much of it, but you just sort of put that back into my brain. <laughs> yeah, the, the the PS2 game is like a weird hybrid of like a character action game and a Ratchet and Clank game. It's a not not really a character mm-hmm. action game, more of a uh, what's that other game that Platinum made with the machine gun? I don't know. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it all of a sudden, but somebody I'm sure somebody who's smarter than me knows what it is. Um. I also really like uh, Operation Genesis. That is a Jurassic Park like park builder that like uses the ethos of those movies and like makes it make sense within the game in a really smart way. And it's also just like a very satisfying, interesting, if not kind of simple, like building style game. Yeah. You know, technically, Final Fantasy fifteen was an anime and a movie first. Technically, true. I suppose. I suppose. Technically, that's true. I don't, uh... I don't really have one that I can think of, actually. What about the the King Kong game? Yeah, that's a pretty cool game. I'd say the King Kong game is definitely the most interesting licensed game I, I, I can think of off the top of my head. It's got a lot of weird shooter mechanics that were... Uh, kind of ahead of its time. But it, it's not really one that I played a lot of. I guess I grew up with the Ant Bully, honestly. I had a game of the Ant Bully. But I don't think I liked it, so I, I don't really... <laughs> what about that Hello Kitty game we bought? That game was awful. Fuck. Are you yeah. kidding? You didn't even like it. Don't even, don't, don't even for the joke act like you did. <laughs> you also were upset about that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure later I'll think of something and go, oh, damn. Did you ever play uh, the Star Wars game, uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Because that game is really interesting. I think you might enjoy that game. It is like... I have not. I remember you really liking that one. Yeah, it is It is baby's first Souls-like, but it also like brings in, again, like character action elements and makes it a little faster paced. It's, it's a lot of fun. Ooh, I know. Like a Dragon Studios Fist of the North Star game. Oh, that's, that's... yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating game, and uh, I I know that I like it because it's basically a Yakuza game where you can make people's heads explode and drive a Mad Max car. I would oh, like for Jack- that to come to PC because that sounds Jack- like a fun Jack- time. Fighting games too. Which one? Oh yeah. Um, the PS4 one is weird. Yeah, it's called Eyes of Heaven. Yeah. That's the PS4 ones though. Those are real good. Yeah. I really like the uh, the Dreamcast one, um, Battle for the Future. Yeah. That's a really fun game. I like Eyes of Heaven a lot too. Battle for the Future is like a like a uh, better actual fighting game, like a two D Street Fighter style fighting game with weird stand mechanics. Eyes Eyes of Heaven is weird. It almost plays like a it like kind of plays like a cross between like a three D arena fighter and like a uh, like a stripped down MOBA. Yeah. Because you basically have like a list of. You don't do any inputs in that game. You have a list of powers that you are all tied to one button, and they're all on cooldowns. And that's pretty much how... And then you have, like, one punch button, one dodge, one jump, one run button. And that's that's it. Yeah, that one's not that great. It's, it's bizarre. But it's really fun because the combat, even though you're not having to do many inputs, it, using the stuff is sort of strategic and you have to pay attention to spacing a lot so i I like it but it's you can't play it locally multiplayer though which kills it for us yeah seriously we're into fighting games these days we wanted to beat each other up but nay nay 
can, can I say that I know you said no uh, video game licenses, but in a different world, Shenmue was going to be like a Virtua Fighter spinoff. So keep huh, that one in the bank. It was going to be called something like Akira's Quest, and it was going to be a. Uh, that's, that's why it has the Virtual Fighter combat system. You're going to play as Akira and go through his, his backstory and uh, learn martial arts moves, but then eventually they just kind of dropped the Virtual Fighter theming, but they kept the Virtual Fighter combat system and controls. So, fun fact. Interesting, huh? Do we have any listener questions this week? I don't believe so. It's been a, a little quiet on the on the listener questions. So if you've got anything you want us to talk about, uh, you can either uh, on our Twitter profile we have a uh, anonymous like forum you can send if you just want to send one off real quick, or you can shoot us an email at emeraldgamescast at gmail and we'll answer a question or talk about a thing. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. If you want to page me, it's okay. Oh, that show is good. Is there <laughs> Kim Possible? What show is that? Impossible. Oh. Is there a Kim Possible video game? But there Almost is. definitely. Oh, Almost probably, definitely. yeah. Fuck. I'll well, that was the Emerald Games cast, episode 67. God, it's ending as seriously as it started. <laughs> episode 67. <sighs> Two more, you guys, and then yeah. the good. You know, you we know. should end with that one. You know what it is, though, guys. That'd be funny. What episode 67 is. What? <laughs> what is it? The first episode since 56, where the two numbers are sequential. Forwards. <laughs> that doesn't make- what? No, that makes sense. That makes sense. That does make sense. Alright, I'll take your word for it. The numbers are sequential. Six, seven. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. Alright, fine. Okay, sure, whatever. My yeah, name's fine. Nolan. That's okay. With me has been... George Lopez. <laughs> and also... Also George Lopez. I was trying to think of another person from that show. I don't remember anyone. Well, it's his show. I don't remember anyone else, either. No. I don't think there was anyone else. It was just George <laughs> Lopez. No, 30. it was uh, just you two. It's a two-person two show. Come back next week. We'll, uh, we'll have learned the names of all the characters from George Lopez. From the George Lopez show, please. And, uh, Professional. <laughs> that will be it. All right. See you then. Bye.